0: Hi, I'm LaShawn Davis and welcome to The HR Plug. I am the founder and CEO of this HR consulting firm. And let me just tell you a little bit about what we do and who we are. The HR Plug serves people who are looking to thrive at work. If work is feeling cumbersome for you, then we are your solution and you need to plug into us. If you're a leader and you're leading people and you're just not relating to them properly or you're struggling with how to do it in a way that's not so much burdensome, then you need to plug into us. We're for corporations who are experiencing dysfunction and just don't know where to begin or you're having third party interference or someone that's coming and taking the loyalty away from your employees, then you want to plug into us. We are for anyone who wants to do well in what they do and we help you do that when you plug into us because we can plug into your potential and so i'm looking forward to you connecting with me i look forward to you plugging in and understanding what your full potential is so that you your company or your team can thrive everyone and welcome to another episode of the Let's Get Plugged podcast. I'm LaShawn Davis, I'm your host. I'm also the founder and CEO of the HR Plug, and we are excited tonight to just let you take a sneak peek into what it's like to work in the HR industry and share some confessions from HR professionals. And I am truly excited about this episode because Number one, when I first came on, you know, social media, everybody would be like, HR is for management, HR is not for employees, HR is not this and that. And and I used to just roll my eyes and be like, whatever, you just have the wrong HR partner. But I'm excited today to really, you know, dig deep into that conversation and talk to our guests tonight who is Julie Turney, Turney, who is an amazing, amazing HR professional with a heart of gold and a heart for HR. And so in a minute, we will be bringing her out. But first, I just want to welcome you all to the show. Thank you all for taking time out to listen to this podcast, whether you are listening to us audibly on your favorite podcast streaming that, um at Mechanism, or if you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook or LinkedIn, wherever you are, welcome. If you're watching us live, go ahead and leave a comment. Let us know you're here. Say hello. Let us know where you're from. I know that we have um, Elizabeth who's with us and she's from Georgia. So welcome, Elizabeth, to the show. And we have Kevin who's from Phoenix, Arizona. Kevin, we welcome you um, to this show. And we are just excited about the conversation that we're going to have today. So if you have any questions or comments or things that you want us to address or answer for you, feel free to drop them in the comments. And so you know how we do. Sometimes we have some announcements and things that we like to share. And the biggest announcement uh, to mention is the Unplug Conference. So you guys just saw the trailer for it. It's still happening. We are 2 weeks away and we are truly excited. Hi Ebony, welcome to the show. We're so glad that you're here. Um and and Unplug is going to be right here in Atlanta. 2 days um in person, 1 day hybrid, March the 30th through April the 1st. And we have a phenomenal lineup of speakers that are going to just come in and pour back into the HR community. This is so aligned with our conversation today about the HR profession and how there's so many misconceptions out there about who we are and what we do. But the Unplugged Conference is about how burnt out, tired, overworked, overwhelmed, exhausted HR professionals are because they are dealing with what we've been going through, which seems like forever with this pandemic, the great resignation, social injustices, all the things that fall on the shoulders of HR to help with the business, help with the employees, help with the leaders, but who's helping them? Who is taking care of the people who are taking care of the people? Who's taking care of HR? And that's what this conference is about. It's because we are often a neglected part of the business, but we play such an integral part of the business. And this conference is a reminder of that. So. If you want to know more about this, be sure to go to www.unplugconference.com and look at all the exciting things that are in store that are on the lineup for you with this conference. It is definitely going to be a premier event because I am a firm believer in doing what we can do to take care of the people who do so much to take care of everybody else. So if you are an HR professional, you need to get here. If you are a leader in an organization, whether it's your own solo organization, an entrepreneur, you lead others, or you manage uh, work with HR professionals, you need to get here or in some way support this event and let HR professionals know that you empathize with what they've been going through and you're a supportive ally in this space. So Unplug Conference, March 30th through April 1st in Atlanta, Georgia. More information is available at www.unplugconference.com also want to share with you, if you're unable to make the conference, there is going to be an unwind and unplug networking mixer. This is going to be the evening of March the 30th, and it's going to be in Atlanta as well. And it's an opportunity for you to meet all of the speakers, all of the other HR professionals who are going to be here and network because there is it's hard to build without a community. So build your networking community here at this event. It is powered by the Black in HR, which is an organization that is committed to helping organizations diversify with HR representation, and they also offer services to help skill up HR professionals through consulting, through um, interview prep, through training, through job selections, they post jobs. Um, They do a lot for black HR professionals in the community, and I am excited that they are the sponsors for this event. So they are putting this event on for us because they truly believe in the power of networking. And so if you can't make the conference, you're going to be in Atlanta, consider coming to the Network Mixer and you can find out more information about that as well on the website www.unplugconference.com also want to share with you about a podcast called Toxic Leadership, Tales of Transformation. This is with Dr. Kevin Sansbury II, and he has a podcast that talks about toxic leaders, how to deal with them if you are a leader, how to determine if you're a toxic leader. And sometimes he even shares stories from toxic leaders themselves who understood later that they were one unintentionally. So if you really want to understand how to improve your workplace, if you're a leader, or how to recognize or deal with working in a toxic work environment, this is definitely a podcast that you want to tune into. And Dr. Sansbury is uh, one of the sponsors for Unplug, actually, and helping us get the word out and getting the message about the importance of working in a workplace and a work culture that is healthy for your environment and for your well-being. And for your your mental. So it's important that you uh, look at all the resources and the tools that are available to help you skill up in this area. And that's something that Dr. Sansbury does. So tune into the uh, toxic leadership podcast tales of transformation and how people have overcome working in toxic environments or have overcome being a leader who wants to lead a toxic workplace environment as well. And also want to share with you guys that we are also on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, Anchor, Audible, anywhere that you listen to your podcast, you can find us there. So just make sure that if you're unable to catch us live stream on YouTube or LinkedIn or Facebook, make sure that you can listen to us on your drive to the grocery store, on your drive to work. When you're working out at the gym or going for a walk, plug into us because we always talk about something exciting and new and revitalizing for yourself in the workplace. Okay. So. Lastly, I want to invite you guys to go check out my website, www.thehrplug.com. If you have any questions or you're trying to navigate through a workplace issue or situation, you can book a free consultation here and let's talk about it with um, my member of my team or myself. And let us help you figure out how to strategize through your workplace issue um, because that's what we're here for. We're here as a resource for you all so that you have some place to go in the event that you're not getting what you need from your internal HR department or you just don't even know where to begin or how to even have the conversation with your HR department or with your leader. Because you'll find today we're, we're going to talk about not all HR part, um, professionals are created equally and not all of them are necessarily people that. are are decent to deal with, and you may need that additional support in knowing how to even deal with your internal HR. So whatever that might be, we are here as a resource to help you. So visit our website, www.thehrplug.com. So without further ado, I'm excited to share with you all a little bit of of information about our guest, and then I will bring her out so that she can talk to you herself about who she is and why she does what she does. But what really drew me to Julie, I accidentally met her on Twitter somehow. I don't even know how, but I did. And I connected with her on Twitter without even really knowing who she was, but I was just fascinated by the question she was asking. And it was all geared toward the HR community. And I was remember thinking, wow, nobody really cares about us to ask us a question, but that's what she was doing. So we connected on Twitter. And then I discovered her on LinkedIn, where she is a radical, phenomenal voice in the HR world that really reminds us to take care of ourselves and reminds other people to take care of your HR professionals. And so what other Person, what I have on this show when that's what we've been talking about with the Unplugged Conference, with everything that's been happening right now is the importance of this HR industry and how we need to take care of ourselves. And so Julie is a beacon of hope and a light in this space. And I'm excited that she took time out of her day or evening all the way from the Barbados is where she's where she is. And I'm um, excited that she's here with us today. So I am going to bring her out. And we have Julie. Julie, welcome to Let's Get Plugged podcast. How are you today? Oh, wait, I'm, you might be on mute, Julie. Let me, let's, uh, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> How are you today?
1: Okay now? Oh my god. Yes. Oh my you? gosh. It's like, it's eight o'clock at night. So, you know, <laughs> this is, <laughs> it's been a long day. Let's just put it at that. I'm yes. doing good. I'm doing good, LaShawn. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for
0: having me. Oh, thank really you for, for it. coming. How are you? I am excited. I'm excited about having the conversation um, that we have planned tonight. I'm excited for all you're doing in our industry, and I'm excited to introduce the world to you um, and and all that you're doing for HR professionals. And I'm also excited that I can say I'm a little international because we are over in the the Barbados.
1: Yes. The Republic of Barbados. <laughs> yes.
0: So that's also exciting for me. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. We have um, people excited that you're here. We have uh, JP High Tech here saying, hello, Julie, excited to learn from you tonight. We absolutely mm-hmm. are. Thank you for being here, JP. Um, and, you know, it's going to be a great night because, the, ni- the title of this episode is Confessions of an HR Pro, and it's all mm-hmm. stemmed off of a book that Julie wrote titled Confessions of an HR Pro. And I happen to have a copy of Julie's book, and we're going to talk about how you can get a copy of this book because... Initially, I thought, wow, this is a book for HR to relate to other HR, but really, no, this is a book everybody needs to read. Everybody needs to tap into if you're truly trying to understand more in depth about this HR profession, especially if you have aspirations to work in HR, you really need to understand what that means and what that looks like. And Julie has done a phenomenal job of breaking that down and dispelling some truths. So what brought the book about, Julie? What, what made you sit and, and kind of do an HR tell-all for the, for the people?
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> number one, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> um, and number two, just... It was part of my healing process through my own HR burnout. I'd gone through two bouts of burnout. And during my second bout of burnout, which was the worst... And if you've ever burned out before, you know that the, the comeback is, is a challenge. Yes. Um, but the second time I encountered burnout, there were a lot of other challenges that I was facing with my body at the time. And I almost died. Yeah. And so coming out of that, I was like, as I started to heal, I told myself, you know what, this is not good enough. What I'm doing is not sustainable for my own body. I could work for an organization till the day I die, but then who takes care of my kids?
0: Mm. Who
1: takes care of my mom? Who takes care of my husband? And when I started to, you know, break it down, I was like, you know what? There's, there's got to be a way for me to, to heal. We keep my cup in a way that constantly feels like I'm not emptying it, but that I'm keeping it at a good level or refilling it consistently and it started me on this journey of but I wonder if I'm alone like I wonder if I'm the only person that is going through this crazy and that kind of led me to my home LinkedIn and just and Twitter (laughs) and just like reaching out (laughs) to my HR community and going okay guys you gotta help me here I can't be the only one that's going through this and then As I started to take that journey, the stories, the conversations were unreal. And I just realized, okay, I'm not alone here. So what are we going to do about it? Because many times through my career, I've asked that question. Where is the HR for HR? Because we really really need that. And so then I started to write this book. And that book has just taken me on this journey of... I don't even know what my life is right now, but it's It's great. It's It's great though. (laughs) It's absolutely great. Like I would not change it for anything right now.
0: It's a crazy great. It's a crazy great.
1: It's (laughs) a crazy great. It's definitely a crazy great, but it is crazy. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes. um, You know, when I looked into the book, I saw you dedicated it to three types of HR professionals, the brilliant ones out here who are in the trenches every day, trying to make a difference. And I so can relate to that professional because that's me. <laughs> um, And then you also dedicated to the aspiring folks, right? The people that want to be in HR and want to learn and more. All with you there, but that second group that you mentioned—the one who, the ones who make the industry look bad—I I yeah. need them to really pick up this book and, mm-hmm. and and read it because they're out there, right?
1: Oh yes, they are. They exist. They live and breathe every day.
0: Mm-hmm. And then, and then I think when people say HR is for the business, it's because they're encountering HR professionals who don't represent the industry well, and Correct. we're not all bad, right? No.
1: You can't paint us all with the same brush it's not fair at the end of the day there are hr professionals who are very dedicated to people who are very good at sitting in the middle of the business and the people and getting stuff done and then there are those hr professionals out there who are just focused on the process the policies those people the ones that make bad for us those are the people that creators on tiktok and instagram are portraying right they they are not us they are not you and i and the many people who are listening and watching and and they're going to listen and watch into this
0: doesn't it make you mad when you see those uh it makes me extremely
1: (laughs) angry annoys me to no end when i see those things there's I can't even begin to tell you. There's a guy on TikTok who I can't even remember his name right now, but he does a skit where he is talking about human resources. How can I help you? And he's tapping te- 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 on away his, on his keyboard. Uh-huh. The one that was the last one that I watched that he ever, that he did before I stopped following him was <laughs> an employee was calling and saying that they they were, they got run over by a bus, basically. They got hit by a bus, and he was like, I'm sorry that you got hit by a bus, but this is your third time, and I can't, you know what that means? You're terminated. Like, seriously? That's not who we are. And that was the last video that he did that annoyed me, that was Mm -hmm. like, I'm following this dude, because, yeah,
0: no. (laughs) Yes, you know, they they paint us in such a negative light, and... This is what I love about your book, because you point out things that may not be so obvious to Mm -hmm. someone not in the HR industry. And so one of the things you say, um, it's in chapter eight, and I took a note here, and that chapter is a good relationship gone bad. Mm -hmm. And you said in this uh, chapter, one of the confessions is HR does not have the absolute power to terminate. And there are so many times where HR will not agree to a termination and the business business will do it anyway, but then demonstrate no courage and say, HR made me do it.
1: HR made me do it. Yeah.
0: How many times has that happened? (laughs) To me,
1: to me, a lot. (laughs) And I'm sure to other HR professionals quite a few times, like, and I'm sure we've experienced it even more so through COVID where there are those companies that sadly used COVID as an
0: excuse to get rid of people. It is. And even though HR can say it's not right, it's not fair, yeah. you don't need to do this, they will not listen because we don't have the absolute power to terminate. We are not decision makers in the business. Mm-hmm. So the next time your leader says, well, HR said I had to, mm, I don't know about that. Think
1: about it. <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. And chances are... We've pushed back, Mm -hmm. especially when you want to make a termination of an employee and we go, so I'm pulling the file. I see nothing in their performance that says that you had issues with their performance. We've given no warnings. We've not gone through a progressive disciplinary process. Have you even had a conversation with the person about their poor performance? No, but you just want them gone because they've probably done one thing to really mm-hmm. annoy you that's mm-hmm. taking you over the bridge and you probably <laughs> have the worst day ever. And you're just like, no, I want this person gone, make it happen, make it happen today. But you're not giving us what we need in order to do our job effectively. And mm-hmm. then we become all of a sudden to the leaders, HR is difficult.
0: Yep. I I hear it all the time where HR, they, you know, they don't understand or they're difficult. And Mm -hmm. it's hard to walk with that. And that's why the guy in the TikTok thinks, well, it's HR saying, well, you don't have to three times, you have to, Mm -hmm. you know what that means. It's not even HR saying that.
1: (laughs) No, absolutely not. And a lot of times it just is so painful. Like I know the times that I've really push back on a termination and it still happened or i've pushed back on people being let go made redundant positions being taken up without proper consideration of so who's going to be left to do this work because this work still has to get done Mm -hmm. and how is that going to affect the person how are we going to deal with survivor's remorse and all of those things no I've sat in organizations where leaders just take no consideration to any of those things. And all of those things are part of what built my
0: desire to be more vocal and to write this book. Wow. And it's unfortunate. Mm. It's unfortunate. I, I need employees to understand that if you have a leader that's treating you bad, 9 times out of 10 they're probably treating HR bad as well. They they don't select, you know, who they are treating badly. And because HR is not decision makers, they also don't listen to us sometimes unless you are really effective or really influential with a leader Mm -hmm. who really cares. So the, the whole, the only way your HR could be a healthy nucleus to your organization is if they're planted to work with leaders who actually care about people as much, if not more than they care about the organization, because if it's not balanced, it's going to be hard for you to have an HR that you believe is for you because they're not the decision maker. So
1: if you don't have leaders who have the appetite for what you're bringing to the table to, to make positive change, to impact people's lives, to, to, create great employee experiences. If you don't have leaders who are on the bus with that, you're Mm -hmm. going to constantly have challenges. You're going to constantly butt heads. And you're going to say, well, this is what you hired me to do. But (laughs) did they really? Which leads to the question, you know, I think it's so important that when you're being interviewed for an HR role, you need to ask these people, what does HR mean to them? How do you define HR? It's a good one. Because... When you hear what they're saying and it doesn't match what they're asking for, you know it's a a moment where you have to go, okay, this could be a red flag. Let me just dial this back a bit and That gives you opportunity to go, well, based on the job description that you have here, I was of the impression that you were, Mm -hmm. that this was X, Y, Z. This was the story that I was telling myself. So now based on what you're saying, it sounds like the story I'm telling myself is wrong. Is that correct? Then that actually puts them on the, the response to say, well, actually... You're, yes, the story you're telling yourself <laughs> wasn't quite right there. This is what we're actually looking for. And I'd be like, okay, well, thank you so much for your time. Mm-hmm. Because I am a candidate that has the the wherewithal to know whether this is right for me or wrong mm-hmm. for me. Or if I'm going here, i waste my time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I don't have time for that.
0: <laughs> yep, so, absolutely not. Exactly- Man, you know, and you talk about burnout, right? Yeah. That's why this this job is draining, because it takes a lot of energy to convince people to be right who don't want to be right, treat people right who don't want to treat people right. Um, it's a lot of energy that goes into that, and that's why a lot of people are exiting this HR profession, good people, good people who are just tired of fighting with organizations who don't get it. It's
1: the truth.
0: And I think about the story you told at the beginning of your book, the, one of the reasons why you even wanted to enter HR is because of your mm-hmm. experience with a bad leader and you were 22, you were pregnant in your third trimester and they, and you got terminated. Yeah. And I- you knew at that point, whenever you had an opportunity to be impactful or a positive leader to others, you would do it. And is that kind of what got you into HR or, or talk about that experience? And is that what even got you interested in this field? It is
1: definitely (laughs) one of the main reasons why I got into this field. That entire experience of being terminated and not even understanding what my legal rights were, 21 years old in the 90s, you know, just married, building my family, and this happens to me. And it really put me in a position of, you know what, this just doesn't seem right. This doesn't seem fair. And is this the way that leaders treat people in general? And then it kind of made me take a step back of, this is definitely not how I want to lead people. If I'm ever given the position, the opportunity to lead people, I would never want that to be me. And it kind of propelled me on this journey of, well, how do I get myself into that space that I can lead people effectively and help them to grow but also how do I get into a space where I can support leaders and help them to recognize what good leadership is and what bad leadership is and give them guidance on how to lead their people effectively and Mm -hmm. so that propelled me into administration that's where I started and then I moved from administration into HR, and that's how my journey began.
0: Wow! And we're glad you're here. <laughs> we're I'm glad so you glad. made it here. You. So you were t- you were telling me about the stories that people started telling you um, mm-hmm. that that kind of prompted this book. What's one of the most impactful stories that you heard from an HR professional who just had enough? was burnt out, or just was tired of the misrepresentation that comes along with being an HR professional? Well, there was more than one. As as <laughs> one this a hard one. So there
1: was this lady who came into my comments on a post that I did on LinkedIn some time back. And she was giving her experience of When she realized that enough was enough, and for her, she was in an emergency room with heart palpitations and feeling that she was having a heart attack and that she was going to die, coming to realize that she um, had an anxiety attack. But that was her point of, you know what? No, I can't do this anymore. My mental health is definitely not where it should be. And I need to find ways to take better care of me. And she said from there, it went downhill. She had a mental breakdown. She left the HR profession for a while. And then was in a space where after following my content for some time, made a decision that she wanted to return to HR. And she actually ended up becoming my client. And her story moved me to no end. Um, Listening to her during our virtual coffee of me getting to know her and understand her a little better. And that's what happens. Generally, people give me, share comments, share their stories with me on LinkedIn. And then I'll reach out and say, you know, maybe we should have a virtual coffee. Feels like, seems like you want to get something more off of your chest. And I will tell you, over the last two years, I've sat with probably over 7,000 HR professionals. Wow. And I've cried with them. I've sat in silence with them. I've shared stories with them because it's just such a heart-wrenching experience to go through when you feel defeated, when you feel that you failed yourself and you failed the company and the employees that you work with. And really yeah. and truthfully, that's what's happened. The companies fail you in not giving yes. you the ability to practice what you really, what brought you into this space of HR yes. and the impact that you wanted to make. And so when that happens, you break someone. And HR professionals are broken.
0: Yes. We
1: are broken. Every time we ask for something, And you say no, but you'll give it to finance, you give it to marketing, you give it to legal, but you won't give it to HR. That erodes Mm -hmm. at our psyche, it erodes at our humanity. Every time you put us in a position where we have to explain ourselves or justify the fact that we didn't know, every time you make us the scapegoat, every time you tell us when we don't have, you know, we're not cost benefiting, anytime you tell us something that's going to erode at our capacity to perform you dehumanize us yes you destabilize us you tear away our psyche and this is what i see Mm. on a daily basis when i work with hr professionals
0: and this is what leads to the burnout this is what leads to the overworked under overwhelmed, underappreciated undervalued all the things that employees are experiencing based on you know the reports and the data as to why they're quitting their jobs and the great resignation are the same things hr professionals encounter the same things and you mentioned about we're not finance we're not you know there's a chapter in your book or a section in your book let me see um chapter five right it's chapter five and you talk about that hr is not seen as a profit-based department and therefore does not receive the respect that other departments receive. And departments, especially when it comes to learning and development, because we're not actually out there from their perspective, bringing in clients or selling goods, we're not effective, impactful, and we're not a a revenue generating department. I'd like for you to just dispel that a little bit and share how much of a generating profit, profitable department HR is to organizations.
1: Listen, (laughs) this is one of my biggest irritations when I hear organizations say HR does not make the company money. And and I'll tell you what. So I'm going to even I'm just going to give one example. But there are so many more. But when you think about it from even from a disciplinary perspective, think about all the money that you save your company when you prevent someone from suing the company when you prevent someone from leaving the organization a valuable employee leaving the organization because there are a lot of things that happen behind the doors in hr that we don't blow our trumpet our own trumpet about for example If you have a disgruntled employee and you know your people, if you're one of those HR people that walks around and gets to know your people, you learn their stories, you get to understand who they are and what they're experiencing, and you hear someone say, you know what? I've had enough. I don't want to be here anymore. These are the things that are bothering me. These are the things that are affecting me. And you get that person to calm down. You get that person to say, you know what? I'm going to give it one more shot based on the recommendations that you have made as the HR person supporting the people, take that person's salary for the rest of the year and add that to your report and say, I saved the company X amount of hundreds of thousands of dollars in this person's salary because they were ready to go through the door. But I was able to stop them from doing that. We need to shout that. Yes. Think about now when you've gone through a process of helping someone get to the point where they go, you know what, I'm not going to sue the company anymore. Find the case study that relates to that person's situation. And you put that in your performance review and say, during this particular disciplinary situation, I was able to diffuse the situation based on X versus LinkedIn or X versus Y company. (laughs) Um, Where this particular thing happened, the the, the company had to pay out this employee $4 million, $300,000, whatever the case may be. Therefore, I've saved the company based on this case, which is exactly the same, Mm -hmm. this amount of money. Then they start to realize, okay, so that's money that we're keeping. If you're keeping that money, then that means HR is doing their job effectively. Now, how do we stay abreast? of what we're doing in order to be able to do these things effectively. Well, we got to learn. We got to be able to learn and develop and grow ourselves. We got to be able to network and get into community spaces so that we can learn from other HR professions because I'm a very spiritual person. And there's a proverb that talks about as iron sharpens, iron so one man sharpens the face of another. And so when you think about the times that you don't allow your HR people to be able to get in those spaces, to network, to go to the conferences, to be able to go on learning and development certifications and those kind of things, you are disadvantaging your HR people and you're stopping them from being able to be effective. We all know what the ROI is on employee engagement, but For some reasons, leaders don't make the connection that employee engagement equals HR engagement. (laughs) And if we are not engaged, then we can't do our jobs effectively and we can't support the business in a way that it needs to be supported. And if we're not given those opportunities to also dial back and take care of ourselves and you know, go to an HR retreat, like how they go to their big retreats where right? we don't get the opportunities to do those things for our our HR teams or ourselves, whether if we're a department of one, then how do you expect us to be strategic? How do you expect us to perform effectively and save you the money that we know we can save you and make money when we hire top talent that other people are poaching? Oh, we get them. Right. Come on now. Tell me that we we don't make you money. Tell me we're not cost benefiting. Those things just really rack my mind.
0: I don't get it. (laughs) You just said, listen, a whole word, okay? Because... Everything you said is so true. And let me just add, and aren't the leaders the first ones to say, I need some benchmark data. I need to understand what this company is doing or what's their policy on this. But you don't want to support me going to events where I can network and meet people in these companies or you don't want to support me to to grow or develop myself or build these connections. You just want me to go find it.
1: You. That's it. That's it. And I can't just pull stuff out of a hat. It doesn't work that way. So you got to work with me here. And I feel like it's such a frustration that the department that is the first, the cornerstone, the heartbeat, the first responders in your Mm. organ. Could you imagine, LaShawn, being asleep at night in your bed, comfortable, two o'clock in the morning, all of a sudden you smell smoke. You get up, you realize there's a fire in your kitchen. You go outside, you call the fire service. The fire service turns up and they got no hose.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Your house is gone. You're at dinner with a friend. And for some reason, out of excitement, you don't know what it is. They're clutching their chest. They drop to the ground. You call the EMTs. They come, no defibrillator. mm but yet still, you expect your HR people, the first responders in your organization, to work with next to
0: nothing no and surprise. perform effectively. It's how? You just, how I how? mean, that's that's the key. We don't have a hose. So you know what HR, you know, you know what we'll we're doing? You we're looking around. Anybody got a cup? oh, wait, anybody know where a lake is? Let me just go see if I can scoop and pour and scoop and pour, trying to get this house fire out. That's why I'm tired. You know, that's what, yeah. <laughs> you
1: know what that just reminded me of? Have you watched Madea Homecoming?
0: Yes, and and then he was- how she pour the- cup Yeah, <laughs> that's us. That's what you just reminded me of. That is, that is us. That when, is... if the companies would just support developing HR professionals to know- hey, you need a hose and you need to have it handy. And this is where you should position it to be proactive in case this happens. You're missing that piece where they that where they learn that part. But yet the fire comes and you're looking at HR like, do something.
1: Yeah. What do you want us to do? We don't have anything to do it with.
0: I need companies want to want value.
1: To data. You want us to pull data out of the sky. Yeah. You want us to use Excel and Google Sheets, but you give Your finance team, zero and (laughs) dashboarding and Trello and all those other things that you give HR, Excel, and you go do payroll with that. Good luck. Bonuses with that. (laughs) Manage this headcount with that. With that. There's just no value. From that, there's like no respect.
0: No respect, no no value. And that needs to stop. And the only way it's going to stop is for us to start taking command of our reputation, having conversations like this and Mm -hmm. holding companies and leaders accountable to taking care of the people that you're relying on to take care of your people, including you. You know, it's almost like a bad marriage, right? If you are the business and the HR is the spouse because you Mm -hmm. together collectively are a force to be reckoned with. If you have a healthy organization with a healthy leadership and a healthy HR leader, that's what makes your, healthy, your organization healthy. But if you have a leader who is condescending to the spouse, who doesn't recognize or appreciate the spouse, who doesn't do anything to help the spouse grow or develop in the relationship, outside of the relationship, and they're just there for the sake of being there, how do you expect to function as a unit? You
1: can't. You can't expect effective functioning to happen in the organization you cannot expect that marriage to grow and so you have to find ways to as hr for us because we care so much because we give so much it's hard for us to walk away without a victory right but sometimes you just have to walk away you have to walk away and go you know what this isn't worth my life Mm. this isn't worth my joy this isn't why i got here this isn't why my purpose of being in this space is to be lived out Mm -hmm. this is why we lose so many good people because they're tired of the disrespect they're tired of the mistreatment they're tired of the abuse yeah and funny enough when i when i have conversations with clients and I raised this thing about being abused, a lot of my clients are in denial. Oh no, I wasn't abused. You know, the relationship just didn't go well and this and that. And I go, well, tell me some of the situations that you were in, you know, that brought you to this point. Oh, you know, my manager cast me out. My manager did this. You know, my CEO did that. Our relationship isn't as good as it should be we don't communicate you know i don't get to use my my skills and my abilities and i say and you weren't abused Mm. that's not abuse Mm. and then when they take a step back and they go holy smokes (laughs) i've been abused when they say it out loud for the first time it really is like a very eye-opening thing to people but you are going through some kind of workplace trauma and I love Minda Hearts for writing Right Within mm. because that book goes so nicely with with mine <laughs> in terms <laughs> of the things that we're going through you know what mm-hmm. I mean um but how do we deal with that workplace trauma mm. um that we're experiencing but You are being abused. If you're in a very toxic organization and your relationship as HR to your leaders and managers in your organization isn't good, that's abuse. Yes.
0: And it's it's almost like if you're in a rehabilitation facility because you're trying to, you know, get off drugs or something like that. When you're in rehab, you don't go to the person in rehab with you to help you overcome what you're trying to get out of rehab, but that's how organizations are positioning HR professionals. They're not taking care of them. They're being abusive towards them, but they're expecting them to manage and take care of the employees who too are being abused by these toxic workplace environments. It does not go well. It does not compute, does not compute at all. I'm glad to know I'm not crazy out here believing like, you know, this is real life, because in a moment of transparency, the, the whole job hopping term that people are talking about, oh, you job hop to get more money or, you know, to go. Let me tell you why I job top earlier in my career, because I got tired <laughs> of working for companies who couldn't get it, who didn't get it and didn't have the wherewithal to want to take care of employees and treat yeah. them right and value them. And I got so tired of being ignored, not listened to. And it's hard to sit back and watch people being treated badly. Yeah.
1: It is. I for, I totally agree with you. And I was going to say like sometime back, I remember having a conversation with Angela Shaw and she came up in my LinkedIn feed one day saying that she resigned from her job and without a plan B. So she was a part of this great resignation that was happening mm. after COVID and she was in HR and I remember interviewing her on my show and she said, you know, the reason why I will always leave an organization that does not value me is because I will always choose me first. Mm. Mm. And that hit home to me. That was so powerful to me that she recognized the importance of choosing herself. We need to recognize as HR professionals that as much as we are in a position of servitude mm. that we cannot serve if we do not choose ourselves mm. if we don't take care of ourselves and there comes a point in time where you have to make a decision about do i stay in this toxic relationship for the sake of the kids mm. Back to your your analogy yeah. do i stay in this toxic relationship for the sake of the kids or do i you know do the right thing and choose me in this moment and take care of me so that I can be the best mom that I could be versus Mm. the best wife or the best girlfriend or the best partner that I could be do I choose me and then when you make that decision okay I'm gonna choose me and I know a lot of people put use this analogy about you gotta put your own oxygen mask on first I don't use that and I'll tell you why I don't use it I don't use it because when you hear the analogy of putting your oxygen mask on first, where are you usually, LaShawn?
0: On a plane.
1: On a plane. <laughs> if they're telling you to put your oxygen mask on, what's happening? Chances <laughs> are the plane's doing what?
0: About to crash or fall. <laughs>
1: so then do I want to put my oxygen mask on first to go to my impending doom?
0: Right. Right. It don't make any sense. Right. But
1: let's come from a space of Let's just keep our cup full. And if Mm. we can't keep it full, let's just remember our cup is refillable and it is our duty to refill our cup versus putting on a mask and heading to your (laughs) your impending room because if the plane crashes, what use is the mask? None. No no sense whatsoever. So Mm -hmm. refill your cup and remember that your cup is refillable. A lot of us, if you're a spiritual person, are running on Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. We don't have nothing in that gas tank. You know, sometimes, and especially because of the gas prices going up now, uh, (laughs) a lot of us run that car until we (laughs) could get every last piece Mm -hmm. of gas out of it. And for a lot of us in our HR careers, that's what we're doing. We're just going on the last piece of strength and fumes that we have in order to Be effective in the organization and we can't, we can't be effective that way. We cannot keep on doing these things to ourselves. So there's a measure of responsibility to organizations. Mm -hmm. I will always call out organizations that are not being supportive and taking care of their people. But as HR people, we have a responsibility and a duty to ourselves to choose ourselves and to take care of ourselves. And that means Practicing proper self-care, but then also recognizing when the relationship with the organization you are with is not working out and you have done all that you can and it isn't working out, that it's okay to pack up your bags and walk away. Yes, And it's okay to pack up your bags and walk away without a plan of what is going to happen next. But if you build a community If you take care of yourself, everything
0: else will fall into place. It will. Because you got to be around to live it.
1: (laughs) You got to be around to live it. You can't. No one else is going to do it for you.
0: No. You got to do it
1: for yourself.
0: And it's okay. It's okay okay to walk away for you. Totally okay. Totally okay
1: to walk away. And I think more HR professionals are realizing that. I think Mm -hmm. when you look at there was a report that I read sometime, I think it was either last year or 2019, um, that showed that more HR professional jobs are becoming vacant. Mm -hmm. Well, if that's the case, and people are walking away from those organizations, not just as part of the great migration, a part of these companies are crazy and I don't want to work for them anymore. (laughs) And I'm, I need to get out of here. Uh Then I think when you go into an organization to look for another role, then you've got to ask those two questions. You know, what is your definition of HR, your personal definition of HR? And then why did the last person leave this, this place?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And Mm -hmm. listen to how people answer those questions. Yes. Does it, it match with the piece of paper that they've put out to advertise the role or not? And if it doesn't,
0: then go. Then, yeah, it's not then the go. place for you.
1: That's save that's yourself. That's
0: yeah. Save yourself the time it. and, do and your mental.
1: Do homework, for goodness yes. sake. Do your homework. Do your homework on the companies that you're going into next. Not right. just the company and its culture, but the people who are going to be leading you
0: everybody is googleable right <laughs> everybody. everybody everybody is googleable and yeah everybody. the news will pick it up if there, you know if, if there is something and then you know um linkedin while they're not a sponsor but let me just do this plug because maybe they will become one um is a great resource because you can find if you put in a company, anybody who works there and people you're connected to who might work there or people yeah. you're connected to who knows somebody who works there because the people can give you the real take on the culture. Yes. Don't go by what the website says. Don't, definitely <laughs> don't do that. And if you find happen to
1: find the previous HR person and mm. you connect with them and you have a co- virtual coffee with them or a face-to-face coffee if you're in the same space... And find out from that person what made them leave they will spill they, okay. will tell. Mm-hmm. they will tell you so there's no reason for you not to have the access that you need moving into your next role Absolutely. and then the other thing i would say is for hr professionals explore your options like seriously consider does Taking the knowledge, the experience that you have as an HR professional, is it worth it giving it to one organization and becoming their employee? Mm-hmm. Now, there are some people that I know are in that mindset of, I got to work for a company, I want my benefits, yada, yada, yada. I want to retire, I want my 401k, <laughs> yeah, whatever, you know, and I totally get that. But also be in a space of creating your own legacy. Mm. and understanding what it is as you build other people's legacies that you can also build your own and even if that's freelancing on the side or creating your own consultancy or moving into some other area specializing in something else teaching a course the internet has made it possible for us to do so many things with (laughs) the knowledge and the experience that we have have, right now Book,
0: do something. You, know, do podcast, something. you know, start a podcast. You <laughs> know,
1: absolutely. There's so many. You know, become a public speaker mm-hmm. in, in in your particular space, but do something for yourself mm-hmm. as an HR professional, and not just be about building other people's legacy in an organization. Find a way to build your own, and find joy. In mm-hmm. HR, I mean by doing the stuff that you love, because that was one of the things that was my saving grace, Lashang. That was my saving grace. Mm. Writing my book, starting my podcast, public speaking, um, teaching courses, coaching HR professionals. Those are the things that I find great joy in. And I mm. would I personally would never go back to working for another organization, having discovered this other side of the fence, wow. I mean, knowing that it's possible for me to survive as an HR professional and have fun and make HR fun again.
0: Man, it make HR—you know—you just said a whole lot, and I don't know if JP High Tech is still watching. He commented earlier, but that is one of the things he's talking about at the conference. He's talking about how. As a professional that's talented, don't give your all to somebody else to profit off of or make money off of or use you with. You are a gift and a solution to someone or something. Learn what that is, capitalize on it, and use it to find fulfillment in you. Because when you're doing that, that's how you sometimes find purpose. And you found your purpose in in doing what you do. So. I love it. I mean, we have so many comments. So Cree says, good conversation. Yes, we have to equip our HR and our leaders. We absolutely do, Cree. Thank you so much for joining in the comment. Um, Don- Donna or Donay, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Sorry about that. All that you were talking about is so applicable to organizations today. I can relate. It is. Um, thank you so much for joining. And let Julie, keep our cup full, uh, LinkedIn. you. Um, User said, and know when it's time to walk. You know, Teresa, thank you so much for joining. Um, everybody mm-hmm. is Googleable. So true. Mm-hmm. Understand the culture that you're walking into, because yes. it'll help you understand the work to be cut out for. Now, some HR professionals, they're all about that life. They're all about, you know what? I can do this. I can drive change. Still Google, so you know how much to charge yeah. for your driving change That's and and, right. and your and your pay. So. Love, love Googleable. And Jamie, thank you so much for joining. You feel like this live was for, you know what? I'm glad you can relate, Jamie, because I can relate as well. And hopefully everybody else on here tonight who's watching or listening can relate because we have got to do better uh, to putting some respect on the HR industry. We have got to do better. And so that means HR professionals, you got to start advocating for yourself Understanding mm-hmm. your boundaries, establishing your boundaries, setting them, not being afraid to say no, and not being afraid to do what fulfills you and your life. Because it's not yeah. about the company at the end of the day. We don't do yeah. this to make companies rich. We do this because we care about people.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any HR professional worth their salt is in that role because they care about people. Yes. And I would rather hear HR people say, The reason they got into HR is because they care about people and they want to create great experiences for people. They want to see people develop and grow versus you saying you got into HR because you love people. Because (laughs) let's face it, right? Even if you love people, at the end of the day, employees do some crazy stuff. You don't like them all the time. (laughs) Right. right? They're like your
0: children. You get mad at your children. (laughs) You're going to get mad at these uh, people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) From your leadership to your... You know, employees on the ground, they all do crazy stuff and they will yes. all at some point in time, disappoint you. Yeah. So my advice to that would be as HR professionals, you've got to guard your heart, guard give it. your heart, but guard it,
0: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. we got to
1: give it, but we got to guard it. And just remember that the people, people are people yeah and we're not perfect and we all make mistakes and we all do crazy stuff from time to time. When it happens to you, you've got to give yourself grace. And in those moments where you knew you could have done better or you felt like you could have done better, but you didn't, give yourself grace. Yeah, give yourself. And I give one exercise that I give my clients is in those moments where you've had that rough day and you've been doing something, you've done something that at the end of the day, you felt like you gave your all, but you still feel really bad about it. I was going to say in Bajan terms, you feel like a dog (laughs)
0: Uh about
1: it, right? Come home, look in the mirror and say to yourself, I forgive you. Mm. This too shall pass, but I forgive you. Because a lot of times we don't forgive ourselves. And it's all part of that process of even when you decide that you're going to transition on to another organization, don't take that trauma, don't take that baggage with you. It's just like, you know, when we end a, a bad relationship and then we give open our hearts to a new relationship, we still have that little bit of apprehension of when is that other foot going to drop? Yes. And is this relationship going to be just like my previous relationship? That's because you haven't let go of that baggage.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. So you don't give that new person a, a chance, whether it's, a, you know, no matter what, who that person is, you've got to give them a chance to show yes. you who they really are and the same is true for organizations when we make that decision that we're going to leave an organization and we transition to another we have to shake the dust off that past previous organization so we don't walk into that new organization with those same feelings and mm-hmm. that tension, all that angst that we feel and waiting for the other shoe to drop let's just mm-hmm. take the experience for what it is that's we you can't enjoy the journey if you're waiting for the other shoe to drop.
0: Right. Man, that is so good. So good. And mm-hmm. you can't enjoy the journey. Focusing. Stop looking in the rearview mirror, right? It's it's like yeah. you did it. Have grace. Forgive mm-hmm. yourself. That's Don't be hard on yourself because It's not even your business. Like it's not even your organization for you to be pouring so much energy and emotion into. You are human. You will make mistakes. Forgive yourself, and and it's a mindset thing. Understand that the mistake is only teaching you what you need to know for next time to do it differently. That's That's it. it. It's
1: a lesson learned.
0: A lesson learned. So. I, you know, Gianna is here, and she said that she's glad that she's joined. Gianna, I think, um, said she was from the Cayman Islands. So welcome, Gianna, to the yeah, to the yeah. show. Thank you yeah. for joining. Um, you know, some people said, you know, my soul needed to hear this. So glad because I, I need to salute every HR professional who catches a glimpse, even if you hear nothing else that I say tonight, just to understand you are remarkable because simply because you do what you do. Mm-hmm it's not it's not for everybody so own your remarketableness if that's even a word uh you know own it you know Mm -hmm. linda says that you know we're so correct we care so much at our expense yes we do linda we do and even julie's book talks about how many times we put the business need before our own well-being and Mm -hmm. our own needs and we need to talk about this because businesses need to stop expecting hr people HR professionals, HR generalists, HR managers, HR anybody to cu- to clean up their mess. Like, that's are, not who we are. Nope, we you know? are not the cleanup crew. We are not the cleanup we not, crew. We are,
1: we are not the head teachers. No. Um, we we're not your not,
0: secretaries. We're not your administrative. We're
1: not uh, you your know. pharmacists. We're not we're providing not. prescriptions. <laughs> right. We're not doing that. You know, we're just, we're the people who are here to guide you through a particular experience. Guide is the exact word. And that's why I say one of the mistakes a lot of HR people make is because they feel like very early in their career. And I know I experienced this too. I felt this too. You got to prove yourself, right? Mm -hmm. You got to earn your stripes. Yes. And so you got to prove yourself. Your ego gets in the way. And I remember listening to a quote from Dr. Rick Rigsby. And he's a chaplain for the NFL and he was giving a speech and I remember him saying, and it stuck with me and I say it all the time, ego is the anesthesia that deadens the pain of stupidity. You Mm. might have a family member that you want to say that to. (laughs) Ego is the anesthesia that deadens the pain of stupidity. Mm -hmm. When we let our egos get in the way, we can't move forward. We can't progress. So there comes a point where it's not about proving yourself to your leadership. It's not about being better than your colleagues or keeping up with your HR colleagues. It's about you. It's about being Mm -hmm. you and navigating your journey in the HR space, building your relationships, getting a better understanding of who you are and who you are becoming. And when you let go of all that ego and all those other things, you're able to navigate things a lot better. You learn to start to rely on people. No man is an Island. Mm -hmm. I could not be who I am today if it wasn't for the people in my life who love me, my family, mm. my therapist who continuously puts up with me because I still engage in therapy. <laughs> I couldn't do the things that I do today if it wasn't for my team. I couldn't do the things I do today if it wasn't for my coaches. And I have more than one. And I truly believe that a good coach has, co- has a coach. But mm-hmm. I have coaches because I want to be the best HR for HR coach that there could be. That doesn't happen without support. So I have coaches. I go to therapy. So I practice what I preach, right? And it's important for us as HR to do the same. We're the ones giving advice. We're the ones giving support and guidance. But
0: we don't practice what we preach. Yes, Practice what you preach or change your speech. Plain and simple. Practice what you preach or change. Listen, Julie, this has been a phenomenal conversation. I I... I could keep going on and on, but I know that we are at time and I want to be respectful mm-hmm. of your evening. But I do want to share with people how they can get in contact with you. So uh, hold on one second. Let me go back here. How they can get in contact with you. I hit the wrong button. So here is uh, Julie's website here, HR at Heart Consulting, and it's at Co. And if you go to her website here, you can see Here's how you're able to schedule a consultation with her. She provides a safe space for HR professionals to learn, grow, and thrive. And so here you can read about who she is. And at the very bottom, I'm going to invite you each to connect with her. So if you want to buy her book, let me just stop right here. Here's the link how you can purchase her book. And it is also on Amazon. And she has it in Kindle version, and she has a paperback, and I think she even had hardback when I looked at it. And um, at the very, very bottom, you can see how, where she has been featured. So we had a definitely delight today to have um, Julie with us because she's she's well-known in this industry. But I want to invite you all to connect with her on LinkedIn. At the very bottom of her website, you will see a LinkedIn um icon down there. Feel free to connect with her anyway on any of her social media. However, she's most um active on LinkedIn. And that is where you can connect with her and see everything that she's doing. Um, And we are just excited that Julie joined us today. And listen, Kevin has already gotten your book, Julie. So thank you, Kevin. Thank you, (laughs) you, Kevin, for for that, because I really want to, you know, we I was explaining to Julie, we got to support each other through this because we can't depend on these organizations to support us. We can't depend on these leaders to support us until they get it. We support each other. So I was Excited to have you here. Um, I am excited that you are doing what you're doing. And I hope you will come back with us because I know a birdie told me you're going to write a part two of your book. <laughs> so uh,
1: I am definitely going to write. Yes.
0: Confessions.
1: Is coming, for sure. <laughs> Confessions of an HR pro part two, the burnout Chronicles is coming. coming. So it's in, it the, coming. in the works, but I'm currently, um, Taking this show on the road, so in the next couple of weeks, which is why I'm so upset because I can't join <laughs> you for Unplug. But I'm heading to Europe to give my first TEDx um, on wow. this topic of How HR exciting. burnout. Yeah.
0: How exciting! We will be rooting for you. I will be all the way from Atlanta um, while you're doing your TEDx, and I know that I will hopefully soon be coming to the Barbados because I know you lead um, some events that are happening there. And so we will definitely connect Disrupt HR. Yep, you are the lead there. We will be Mm -hmm. connected um, because it takes a community and it takes heart and you are HR at heart. So thank you so much, Julie. I'm going to just have you hang Mm -hmm. out in the back for a moment as Mm -hmm. I wrap up the show. Um, But again, thank you for being here. And to everybody watching, thank you guys so much for tuning in and joining in on such a heartfelt conversation, because a lot of times HR professionals do not get recognized, they do not get, you know, any type of recognition at all for the work that they're doing, the fight that they go in every day with leaders trying to do the right thing by employees, and sometimes they get overturned or unheard. And we need to really start making sure that we do what we need to do as a industry to band together. That's why we're doing Unplug. That's why we're having this podcast. That's why we're interviewing HR professionals. And next week, we're going to be talking to um, Deidre McGuire, who is going to be sharing the consequences that happen with HR when we don't get the things that we've talked about today. So when HR gets burnt out, what happens? You know, when HR doesn't feel valued and disrespected, what happens? What is happening with the HR industry? today and why it's a dire emergency for us to really get in and do something about it. So she'll be with us next week talking about that. So if you're an HR professional, you definitely want to tune in and you definitely want to subscribe to this podcast on YouTube. Um, We are on YouTube. It's www.youtube.com slash the HR plug. Make sure that you subscribe so that you don't miss another future episode. And you can go and check out past episodes that we've done as well that is all geared toward the HR community or employees in the workplace or leaders getting the necessary things that they need to thrive at work. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. I hope you enjoy the rest of your evening and I hope you tune in next week for another episode of Let's Get Plug. Take care. I get it